0: This is the Chicago CityCast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Memorial Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Appreciate you being with us and appreciate all of those who have served and all of those who we honor on this Memorial Day weekend as we You know, get to enjoy betting and watching on sports, but we also have to remember the sacrifices made by the brave men and women who serve this amazing country. So that is not lost on me how fortunate I am, and really we all are, that we get to talk about this, bet on it, enjoy, relax, thanks to all of those brave men and women who have served our country. But I do hope you are enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. Always a fun weekend. And I was actually out of town. So I had no show Friday for Rush Hour and the Chicago City Cats. Had to do a little surprise for my sister, Val. Big shout out to her, her and her boyfriend, Nico. They got engaged in Colorado, so we did the whole surprise. Flew out there, my family and I, and uh, they did it in a beautiful setup in the mountains. We came out of the woods after he got down on one knee. She said yes. There, I killed the suspense, <laughs> and it was uh, just a fun week and a lot of hiking and celebrating uh, them two getting engaged. So it was a lot of fun, and I tried to keep tabs on all the sports. I was on the plane, sweating out. The Flames and the Oilers on Friday, the Battle of Alberta, just an insane game. And obviously, we had already lost our Flames bet. But man, Calgary, just the most frustrating team this postseason, it seems like. And that no goal, I'm going to say, spent five seconds on, it was BS. I'm not saying the Flames would have won the series. They probably would not have. I thought the Oilers were going to win in six at that point. But taking that goal away, that really wasn't a kick. I think that was BS. So I saw that on the plane. was, Or I guess I tweeted about it after, but I didn't have the Wi-Fi. But I did have the live stream because Southwest hooks it up with the ESPN. So shout out to Southwest. Um, then this weekend, what else? And uh, the Celtics, my goodness. I was all but celebrating already the Celtics minus one and a half series spread. How the hell do you go from winning game five in a dominating fashion in the second half against the Heat Okay, and then you go and lose again at home in a closeout game. Pathetic. And now I am anti-Boston, bigger than I was before, because I've been Mr. Anti-Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, saying it's never going to work, and I still don't think it is. More on that later. But then they go and they screw our bet like that. And then I was hoping Miami would win. I didn't bet it or anything. But look, at that point, I was just like, Just like the Avalanche, how they screwed us with that win in regulation bet when they were up 3-0 and then 4-3. You know, you're on my uh, crap list, I guess you could say, the PG version of that. So the Celtics make it, the Avalanche make it. I don't know if I'm going to be fading the Avalanche per se, but they're definitely on the wrong list. We'll be fading Boston, and we'll, like I said, get to that in the second part of this edition of the Chicago City Cast. So, hey, Boston did come through. Uh, We've got the Hurricanes and Rangers game seven tonight figured the Hurricanes were not going to win on the road with our minus one and a half series bet. I'll tell you how I kind of hedged that and how I would look to bet the game tonight. But yeah, we got a doubleheader with the Cubbies. First game, uh, first pitch is going to be too early really to get into. We will briefly touch it here on this episode and really overall just kind of keep things nice and brief on your holiday weekend. So again, hope you're enjoying it and thank you for spending some time listening to the Chicago CityCast. But let's get into it with the Brewers and the Cubs. Chicago in game one, 12.05 p.m. Central time, first pitch. Uh, You got Ethan Small and Matthew Swarmer. Who? Yeah, nobody knows. But it's the first of a doubleheader, probably going to be a bullpen, uh, bullpen, excuse me, type of game for both squads potentially. The Cubs coming off a two-game series with the White Sox that they split, almost got both. Couldn't pull through in extras. Uh, the Brewers split a four-game series most recently with the St. Louis Cardinals for this game. Milwaukee at Bet Rivers. Opened as low as minus 118. The Cubbies plus 102. Total as high as 10 and a half. I guess I got to double check on that. I was just walking around outside. It wasn't, wasn't too windy, but uh, let me get the official, the official uh weather report for the Cubbies here as I am stalling to pull it up, but yeah, the total open 10.5. Now it's up to 11.5, a little shade on the under, minus 118. So the wind blowing out 16 miles per hour to left center, more than likely going to be producing a lot of runs. Nice temp today, about 74 degrees, humidity 53%, so the ball should be flying in this spot, you would assume, especially with pitchers who don't really have that much... I don't know, that much leverage to put trust in them at this point. So, again, could be a lot of runs throughout these doubleheaders. So, right now, for game one, the Brewers minus 121. They're also plus 123 on the run line. The Cubbies catching a run in the hook are minus 155. And, again, total at 11 in the hook over even money under minus 118. Second game, 6.40 p.m. Central Time, Milwaukee opens minus 135. The Cubbies plus 125, and again, the total at 10 and the hook. Yes, you can bet these game two numbers already. And in this game two, Milwaukee now minus 136, and the Cubs plus 117, total at 10 and a half, with a little bit of juice to the over, minus 113 odds, courtesy of Bet Rivers. Let's get into the pitching matchup for game two, because we have a little bit more uh, background knowledge of how we can trust these starting pitchers. So... First things first, I know a lot of people like to bring this up, and it's not something that you should religiously or blindly bet. But with doubleheaders, usually whichever team loses the first game, you look to come back and bet them in game two. So keep that in mind, I guess, just for kind of a historical preference in game two if you really want to get involved. But because the first game, you kind of got no-name pitchers. You don't know what to expect. In game two, you have an understanding of what to expect. I think Game 2 is the one you should probably circle out. Now, if the Cubs are going to win one, realistically, yeah, it's probably the first game where you got a couple of unknowns. Possibility for the underdog to come through more so. But let's look into the stats for Game 2. Aaron Ashby, the Southpaw, going to be taking the bump for Milwaukee. He is 0-3 this season. He has started four games. He's gone 34 innings pitched. He's got an ERA of 2.91, a FIP of 3.46. Base on ball per nine innings, so walks per nine innings, 5.3. That's high. Uh, home run to fly ball ratio, 10.5%. 66% of the balls hit in play are grounders. That's his ground ball ratio. Man, that's incredibly high. Looking further along, his whip is 1.35. That's a tad high. Sierra, 3.62. Pretty solid from Aaron Ashby. And further along, his splits on the road, he has pitched 26.2 innings. By the way, he's been in the bullpen as well. 3.71 ERA, 279 WOBA. On the road, he has a FIP of 3.10. Opposing Ashby for the Cubbies, he got the southpaw Drew Smiley, who was, I guess, uh, no bueno, you can put it, for the Cubbies. He's 2-5 throughout eight starts, 39.2 innings pitched, He's got an ERA of 4.08, a FIP of 4.95, not ideal. A home run to fly ball ratio of 17%, of course, not ideal. And you look further along, his whip is 1.34 and his Sierra is 4.01. So he hasn't been good, but he hasn't been terrible, I guess is what these numbers are telling you. So you could really get a fairly solid performance out of him, or you could probably give up about Four to five runs on any given start is what my indication would be from that. At home, he has struggled. So at Wrigley, he's got a 5.93 ERA. Remember, he's got a high home run to fly ball ratio, and the wind is blowing out. Woba, 400, not good at home. And his FIP at home, let's see, let me find that, 5.92. So again, terrible, 1.61 at the friendly confines for his WHIP. So Drew Smiley, you probably are expecting some regression from him in some kind of capacity in this spot. And I don't even know if you really call it regression because, well, he just hasn't been that stable as of this point. I want to look a little bit further into Aaron Ashby and his stats, though, so bear with me momentarily as I pull up his game log. Uh, The furthest he has gone has been 5.2 innings pitched, and he's done it twice. He did it at Pittsburgh on April 27th and his most recent start at San Diego. And against San Diego, allowed just four hits, no earned runs. He's had one bad outing, and that was at Atlanta. He surrendered six. Otherwise, his worst was surrendering three at Philly in 2.1 innings pitched. So again, Ashby's been really solid. Drew Smiley, looking at his game log most recently at Cincinnati, when 5.2 innings pitched, allowed three earned runs on four hits, five strikeouts, has not faced the Brewers this season. Ashby did face the Cubs on April 7th, went 1.2 innings pitched, allowed three hits, one earned run. The Brewers lost that game 5-4. He must have been in relief because, again, he only went 1.2 innings pitched. Um, looking into the batting splits here, let's pull this up just to briefly go over it between the two squads. So you got two southpaws going. And I will pull up the splits right now for a home and away against lefties. But let's start with the home team versus southpaws as we look at what the cubbies have done all right the cubs at home against lefties they have a batting average in this particular spot of 222 they've got an ops of 671 a BABIP of 259 297 woba and 88 weighted runs created plus so not great against lefties at home are the cubbies what about the brewers how are they doing against southpaws on the road well, you look at Milwaukee's stats in comparison to the Cubbies, and also not, not great. Uh, 202 batting average, OPS of 599, so even worse. 273 WOBA, which is better, but a weighted runs created plus, WRC plus, of 73. So I get the totals high in this game, but you know, based on how these teams have been hitting in this particular spot, maybe it's a, uh, a decent opportunity to take advantage of the higher total and actually go under. I mean, yeah, the wind's going to be blown out, and I'm sure there'll be a decent amount of runs, but hey, if these offenses can't make solid contact or produce, then why the hell would we trust them going over double-digit runs and even 11 at that? So this game will be interesting just based on what comes to fruition in Game 1. The market is slightly moving toward Milwaukee in Game 1, and for Game 2, it's actually, I guess, looking like it's moving to the Cubbies, oddly enough. Not trusting Ashby, I suppose. I mean, we just went over the stats. Cubbies are a little bit better in that spot. And if you think Milwaukee wins game two, then I guess that gives the nod slightly to the Cubs. Or excuse me, if you think Milwaukee wins game one, then that gives a nod slightly to the Cubs in game two. Probably not going to be touching it. Let me know if you are. But those are the stats surrounding it and what things to look out for. So nothing going on with the Cubbies for me today. Um, I probably will have a couple plays in baseball, so make sure you check out Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, vsin.com or the VSN app. In terms of other baseball, the White Sox. This team cannot catch a freaking break. First of all, why the hell are you keeping your game so close with the Cubs? Again, I didn't really watch it because I was out in the mountains in Colorado but it's like, I'm looking at the score and yeah, I'm like, as a Cubs fan, I'm like, let's go. But then as a White Sox backer to win the division, I'm like, you can't be fooling around in these games against the Cubs. Like, what are you doing? And it gets worse because now you're going to be missing Tim Anderson with a strain right groin for a considerable amount of time. Assuming that's the case, because he's getting his MRI today, but it seems all indications are that he is going to miss significant time. This team cannot catch a break. Why are they cursed? What happened? I don't get it. What, what's the bad voodoo going on with the White Sox? Unbelievable. They begin a road trip in Toronto on Tuesday. That's going to be a slaughter, you would imagine. Toronto's itching to get a nice series win. Going up against his vulnerable, weak, limped White Sox team. Jeez, you need Lynn back, you need Amanda's back, but you're missing Tim Anderson now. Your guy, your captain, your top dog, the guy who's bringing energy day in and day out. One of the most electric players in baseball. That's a blow to the White Sox, man. Maybe you get better price on them to win the division. Heck, who knows, maybe you don't even want to bet them to win the division at this point. I mean, what, is Tim Anderson going to be out like four to six weeks or something? I have no clue. I'm just speculating based on how they seem to get shafted by these injuries. Man, I feel for you, White Sox fans and backers. It's tough. It is tough. So we'll see what the news is. It's brutal. Um, Again, they play tomorrow at Toronto. I guess we let me update these odds really quick just to see where they are for the White Sox to win the AL Central, and if you look at it now, the White Sox still minus 130, the Twins plus 135, so, you know, they're still getting a little bit of respect to the White Sox here. Looking at the standings, let's see what the updated spots are. The White Sox currently five games back. Oh, goodness, minus 45 run differential, 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. The Twins got a plus 34 win differential. I mean, they're five games back. It's damn near the start of June. Again, I don't want to push the panic button because I do think the Twins will regress to some extent and the White Sox can get on a streak. But if they're still giving you plus money on the Twins and you actually have not invested on the White Sox, plus 135 with Minnesota, seldom do you see that. A team five games ahead and they're plus 135 with a White Sox team that is showing you they can't be trusted and showing you they can't stay healthy. I would get it if you took the Twins, I'm not going to lie. That's how it's stacking up in the AL Central. All right, let's take a quick break here. Like we said, we're going to keep this episode a little bit short because I know everybody's got the festivities to get back to. So want to have you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. But coming back in the second part of this Memorial Day edition... Let's talk Rangers and Hurricanes, Game 7. Who the hell is going to win this game? Well, based off what's happened through the Hurricanes postseason thus far, you give the slight nod to Carolina, but is it worth laying that price? I'll tell you what that price is next, and we'll give you an early preview for the NBA Finals. I have already gotten invested in several different ways. I'll tell you what those are next here on the Chicago City Cats, presented by Bett Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, we are talking postseason action here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. We have Game Seven: the Hurricanes and the Rangers. This series has both been like great and just so frustrating. Frustrating in the sense of me having the Hurricanes minus one and a half on the series spread frustrating in the sense that Ronta is just a completely different human and athlete when he plays on the road, but it's been solid in the sense that you know which team to back, right? You bet the Rangers at home, you bet the Hurricanes at home, and you bet the total under five and a half for the most part, although the last game did get over, but in Carolina every total has stayed under five and a half. The first period under in Carolina has hit in two out of three games. I think it's hit in like four out of six of the total games now, but uh, I could be mistaken on that. I think the last game, though, did go over the first period total of one and a half because the Rangers were up 2-0, I believe. For this game at Bet Rivers, Carolina opened minus 143. The Rangers opened plus 118. Total, you know it, five in the hook. Shaded to the under, minus 135. Right now, minus 152 on the money line for the Hurricanes plus 130 for the Rangers, 5.5 with the shade to the under, minus 141, over plus 120, taking a puck in the hook with New York is minus 205, laying the puck in the hook with the Hurricanes, plus 170. Okay, how do we bet this? Well, because this game went off on what's as Saturday, right? I mean, I didn't have any shows, I was out of town, and You know, we did talk about this on Thursday, and I hope one of you, or one of you, I hope some of you, more than one of you, I hope some people out there were able to kind of get this approach to the game as well, and that was to bet the Hurricanes to win in seven. And maybe you bet the Rangers to win in seven. Whatever it was, or the total going over six and a half games, like we talked about that ad nauseum on Thursday, I believe it was, on the CityCast and on Rush Hour, because we did it before game six, and I'm like, look. Or what was it, before game five, actually. And I'm like, look, the assumption is the Hurricanes are going to win this game. They've won every home game. And that we bet the game straight up money line, cash that. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, well, I don't have confidence for them to cover our series spread bet because they've been atrocious on the road. So I'm assuming they win this game, being game five, then lose game six, which is what happened. And I was like, you could bet over six and a half games right now at whatever it was, minus 107. Or you could actually look at the Hurricanes To win in 7 at the exact price. I can't recall what it was back then. Uh, Let me see if I can actually pull it up. But I took it on Saturday before game 6. Still at plus 230 at Bed Rivers. They're still giving you a great price. I don't know why they still trusted them on the road. But they did. Yeah, they were still plus plus two. Well, no, it was plus 230. Okay, so... Plus 230 to cover one and a half games. I don't know why that was. Well, I guess because they still had game six and the chance to win. I mean, they weren't going to do it. But before game five, they were plus 240 to win in seven. And after game five, they were plus 230. So it only changed 10 cents. I said, thank you very much. I will take Carolina plus 230 to win in seven. So basically, as of this point, we lost our minus one and a half series spread bet at plus 110. And I guess this is my way of hedging. I mean, it's still not an ideal or direct hedge, but maybe just another bet to take. And I did it, and I did plus 230 Carolina to win in seven. Well, again, right now they're minus 152, but as of this moment, I am sitting on a plus 230 Hurricanes money line ticket. Now, do you hedge or do you let it ride out? Again, every home game this postseason, Carolina has won. Ranta, yeah, he got pulled last game after allowing three goals on 13 shots. But on home ice, the man is 7-0. He's allowed just six goals. He has tallied up one shutout and also a save percentage of 96.5%. Man. And against the Rangers at home this series, he has saved 64 out of 66 shot attempts, only allowed two damn goals, 97% saves. Uh, 97% on his saves at home versus the Rangers. A completely different person. Same with Shosturkin. He hasn't been brutal on the road this series, but he hasn't been anywhere near as dominant as he's been at home. This entirety of the postseason on the road, Shosturkin is 1-5. in five. He has allowed 19 goals, and he's got a save percentage of 88%. It's game seven. Throw everything out the window. I get it, but come on. Carolina is the better team. They don't have the better goalie, but in this specific situation, they have had the better goalie. Now, in this series in particular, Shesterkin has allowed just six goals. So again, he's been solid. 75 out of 81 shots saved at Carolina, excuse me. So on the road, he has allowed six goals, save percentage of 92.5%, 81 shots attempted. He has saved 75 of them on road ice at Carolina. I'm not sitting here going, hey, lay the minus 152 with Carolina. Because look, I do think the Hurricanes win, but the old adage is kind of true. I mean, anything can happen in Game 7. And based on that, I don't like that Ronto was pulled. And I'm not saying that was the incorrect call because you got to do what you got to do to switch up the mojo and try to get some success and win. But what does that do to his confidence now? I mean, yeah, he's been a lot better at home, but you took him out of the game. That scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Gives me a tad bit hesitancy if I didn't have the plus 230 ticket. But even sitting with that plus 230 ticket, you probably will do you hedge. Well, it's kind of like hedging a hedge, which I don't want to do at this point. If for some reason the way this game goes down, like it's tied or, you know, I'm feeling scared or like, you know what I mean? Like you could tell the momentum and the shot attempts are clearly in favor of the Rangers, which has been nowhere near the case on the road. Just had 17 shot attempts in the last game. Then maybe you could get a price to hedge it in game. I Again, I don't want to do that right now. I like the idea of sitting on the plus 230, and honestly, I'm going to ride it out and hope the Hurricanes continue their success at home and get the dub and move on so we can continue to sweat out our Stanley Cup futures bet on them. Do I have confidence in them against the Lightning? Sure as hell I don't because they can't win on the road. The Lightning, maybe they're a little rusty sitting for so long, but still, this team has proven to you time and time again you cannot count them out. Back-to-back Stanley Cup champs, where's the respect been? They'll get it. Whoever they go against, whether it's Rangers or Hurricanes, they will absolutely get the respect. But we're focused on this game, 7 p.m. Central Time. Series tied three apiece. Hurricanes minus 152. I think they win. I hope they win. Got the plus 230 ticket now. Hopefully you got something good like that. If you don't, if you don't want to lay on, it's 152. Puck line plus 170. They covered it the last home game. I know it hasn't been the highest scoring affairs between the teams. But again, in the postseason in particular, they're taking the goalie out sooner rather than later, and especially in a game seven. Now, that kind of gives me a little bit of trepidation for going under 5.5, especially at the price of minus 141. But again, it's hit every home game between these two teams for the Hurricanes. First period under, it's tempting. You're still laying over minus 135. But because of the empty net getting pulled even earlier, ah, man, that's tough. I would take the under in both situations. How could you trust betting the over, especially in a game seven where they're played even tighter. The nerves are up. You're not as loose. The pressure builds. Under is probably the move in both regards, but because of the empty net possibility, again, that makes me a tad bit timid to want to get involved at the price of minus 141. Now, I know people like doing the alternate totals and like under four you could get at like plus 280 or you know something like that depending on if you do regular time or including overtime because you get the option at Bet rivers they let you slide that total great tool but yeah i I don't know if i'm gonna actually bet anything with the total maybe first period or maybe no score or no goal in the first 10 minutes because again you know it's game seven i do think it's gonna be very just like everybody's gonna be kind of tightly wound starting the game So that could give you the viable route to going no goal in the first 10 minutes. And it's actually minus 105. Under a half a goal in the first 10 minutes. At-bat Rivers, minus 105. I like it. Might end up playing that bad boy. We'll see. We'll talk about it more on Rush Hour tonight. Well, we'll also talk about more, but I'm going to obviously discuss it here. The NBA Finals. Warriors, Celtics. You know I'm salty about Boston right now, but it is what it is. What do you take away from that Eastern Conference? What do you take away from the fact they couldn't close out in Game 6? What do you take away from the fact that they just had back-to-back series that went to Game 7 and that the Warriors have been chilling? Gives a nod to Golden State, you would think. Right? Well, that's certainly what I think. Home court advantage goes to Golden State. Series price at Bet Rivers has Golden State, minus 155. Boston is plus 130. Now, the best number in Illinois is minus 150 on the series price for Golden State. Game one, Golden State, minus 165 currently on the money line, minus three in the hook on the spread, total at 211. So the spread in a lot of places actually opened up at three, so the initial movement has gone toward Golden State, and rightfully so. Home teams in Game 1 of the NBA Finals since 1996, 23-3 and straight up. And even if that wasn't the case, this has been a good spot to fade certain teams. Coming after a game set, I mean, we faded the Celtics and went with the Heat in Game 1 of their series. Granted, Celtics got hit with COVID, but still, I would have bet them, and I did bet them before. The Heat won. I know you get a couple more days off or a few more days off between this spot, but still. By the way, total up into 11 and a half. This thing is now at 211 under minus 112, over minus 110 at Bet Rivers. I like Golden State in the series. I like Golden State in Game One, and I like Steph Curry at MVP price of plus 125, best number in Illinois. Some spots like Bet Rivers have him at like plus 105 or even money. The Celtics, I don't want to say they're an unreliable team or even a volatile team. But it's like, you can't have those type of games and expect to win the finals. The game they lost at home, was the game five versus Milwaukee, where they blew the lead with minutes to go at home. Inexcusable, yet they still overcame it. All right, good for you. Boston, you got blown out in Game 3, right? In Boston against the Heat. Bam at a bio drop like 30-plus or whatever it was. Eh, you can't have that. It was either Game 3 or Game 4, but you get my point. Game 6, after you just had a great fourth quarter and obliterated them, depleted them, there was pretty much nothing left in that tank. They're banged up. Kyle Lowry didn't get a point or a rebound. We cashed in on that prop, by the way. It was just so funny because it's like, Wow, he had no impact, but then he came back and actually dropped like 16 points or whatever it was. But he was kind of a liability out there. Side rant. Um, Then you go go home with a chance to get to the finals for the first time with this group, all the momentum in the world, and you lose. How the hell do you do that? Now, yes, they figured it out in Game 7 at Miami. They almost blew it. If Jimmy Butler hit that three, heck, if he even went into the lane, which a lot of people were critiquing him for, we'd maybe be having a different conversation. But despite all that, it doesn't matter anymore because Boston is here against Golden State. But you can have those thoughts implemented to the back of your mind when handicapping this series. The Warriors have the experience. The Warriors finally played a very solid series. They got rid of that disgusting Memphis one, and they showed out like the team that we expected them to more consistently. Clay was hitting his shots. Wiggins wasn't impactful. Kevon Looney was looking like a stud. And Steph Curry was reminiscent of his old self. This Warriors team has been building to this moment. Since the last with the finals, obviously, but last year they said it. They're like, "Hey, watch out for us. We're going to be back. We're going to be healthy, and we will be in that spot once again." And here they are as the favorites, as they should be. Betting the Warriors to win this series price right now is not ideal. I get it, but we got to look at it from the perspective of what is available to us. Count me in for Golden State minus one fifty series price. I'll take that. The better team. Better shooters, still a really good defense, home court advantage. Give me the Warriors, minus 150. And in fact, give me the Warriors game one. Best number money line I saw, minus 155. 23-3, and three, straight up. Game one of the NBA Finals since 1996. This team, being Boston, went to back-to-back series and went seven games. And you're going on the road against a Golden State team that should be refreshed. Minus 155 money line, game one, Golden State, count me in. And also, I'm going to take a flyer. Not even a flyer. I'm just going to take a tab and bet Curry plus 125 to win finals MVP. That's the best number in Illinois. If you don't want to do the series price, that should be your alternative play. But I'm comfortable betting both. Steph Curry has yet to win finals MVP. Durant won two. Iguodala won one. The narrative is leading up to it. Curry won Western Conference finals MVP. It is his time to shine and get that finals MVP award. And at plus 125, again, not the biggest value, but based on where the other books have this price, and based on if we assume the Warriors win game one, which we are betting on, the numbers will move. This is Curry's award to lose. And in my mind, this is the Warriors championship to lose. So I'm all in on Golden State. It may seem like the obvious easy option I've never been sold on the Celtics team to win a finals. And after game two, I was sold on them covering the series spread against the Heat. And you know what? They had it and they blew it. And it just goes to show that I should have just trusted myself more so. And you know what? I don't even know if I should say that, though, because it was a good bet in my mind. So, like, they were an eight and a half point favorite going into game six after winning game five. Like, who the hell loses that game? That should tell you that they are the rightful underdog in this championship series. Yeah, I get it. You're probably like, shut up, dude. It's just one game. No, it's more than that. They've done that a couple times now. Can Al Horford keep it up? Can Smart and Williams stay healthy consistently? You're going to get Derek White playing like a stud against this Warriors defense? Jalen Brown, can he give you 25-plus consistently? Tatum can't afford to have a 10-point game like he did last series. Neither can Brown. Marcus Smart can't be chucking up shots with three minutes to go in the game. Can't have it. Horford, yeah, Horford's still probably going to be able to do what he's been doing this whole postseason. So shout out to Horford. I'm not going to lie. Dude's been very consistent in a very solid piece. Rock solid for the Celtics. You got to tip your cap to the old vet. But count me in on Golden State, folks. Minus 150 series, minus 155 money line for game one. Plus 125 MVP, Steph Curry. That's what I'm rocking with for the finals. We'll get more into that tonight on Rush Hour. Be sure you check it out, folks. Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. And as always, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke5. Always appreciate you following along, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's with Rush Hour, or here on the Chicago City Cast. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. Best of luck with your plays tonight. Sit back, relax, remember why we're able to do this, and hopefully we're able to enjoy it to the full extent. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode. Until then, best of luck, folks, and take care.